Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hey, I'm Nick Paul with Ottawa Centers, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. It's it's Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Time for the Jack Links Beef and Ham Jerky 365 Days of Sport radio show. Who is that bloke that introduced us there, Uh Nick Paul from the Ottawa Senators. Who's that? He's an ice hockey player. Oh, yeah? Yeah. When did you chat to him? Oh, I don't know. Just well, on just my travels. He's, on your, he's just yeah. a guy you just bump into him, just do bump you? In. I tell you what I did bump into on Wednesday when I was flying up to Who's Brisbane. Adam Gilchrist. Oh, and did he go, oh, how you going? Good to see you again. I remember you. You were that guy that booked me at the airport I some other time. I actually asked him if he would like to come on the show. That's good thinking. Right? Yeah. I said, oh, Gilly, come on. Come on the show, man. It's the greatest non-sports sports radio show yeah. on the planet. He went, yeah. oh, no, mate, I'm contracted to another radio station. Oh. And I went, oh, that's fair enough. No yeah. problem. He goes, yeah. what radio station? I said, SEN. Oh, yeah. And he went, oh, I'm on SEN too. I went, <laughs> Well, what do you reckon then, Gilly? <laughs> and he went, oh, no, better not. <laughs> I called him out because I knew he was on SEN. Okay. So I was just testing him. Good try. He wouldn't even do a sting for us, Rob. Wouldn't even do a sting for us. Well, that's all right. I mean, uh, uh, last time I came across him, he was quite quite a nice bloke. Oh, he was quite a nice bloke. I when said, I bumped I said, into him out in the pub. I said to him, I said, hey, we had uh, Peter Atzoglu on last night. Yeah. And he went, oh, did you? Yeah. And I went, yeah. That's how good we are. <laughs> And he went, oh, yeah, he's a nice bloke, isn't he? He said, yeah, he is a really good bloke. Yeah, he loved it. Loved the interview. He said, do you know what he said, Gilly? He said, it's the best interview he's ever done. (laughs) Stuff you and Mark Howard. (laughs) Amateurs, Rob. They're amateurs. Hang on a sec. Now, what did you actually, did you actually say that to him? Or was that your retelling? That's exactly what I said. And he kind of walked off. Wow, strange. So you made another friend. Is that what you're saying? Well, he wasn't going to be our friend anyway, so well, I might as well just annoy him now. You're just burning bridges, Beef. Oh, status quo. You, you, you think they're not going to remember? They, they remember, oh, that's that guy. That's that that's guy. That's that guy time. who's really good. That one time. That's who's really authoritative, oh, stern, knows what he wants, Rob. Yeah. It's, how's it working? It's fantastic. I'm loving life. Yeah, good. Loving life. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's good that you go and have a chat and say hello. Yeah. Did you work it easily into the conversation? Or did you just go come on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But how, but how did you? How did you work? Well, what, what, what was the small chat. talk? What was what was, the, what was the opening line? Gilly, how you going, mate? What, what's your pickup line? Yeah. Uh, hey, Gilly, said, how Gilly, you going? What's up, man? That, keep it simple, yeah. I said, I said, mate. You didn't come with a, have a predetermined gag. I mean, you tell so many great jokes on this show. Oh, I could have given. You it could have pulled it out any one of I them. I said, oh, I should have said, oh, Gilly, we're doing this segment on the show called Gags with David Boone. It's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. You should do it on your shows. Yeah. Don't need to. Make friends, Rob. Especially with uh, people that work at SEN. Yeah, who needs so, it? We don't need Adam Gilchrist on just one of the. He wasn't going to come on anyway, Rob. He wasn't. Oh, well, that was a good trick. Anyway, uh, well, uh, stuff him. Anyone else on your on your travels there, Beef? Um, not this week. Nah, next time. Although talking of guests, yeah. we got some great guests lined oh, up tonight. Well, hopefully, times. Hopefully, if they get back to me, we've definitely got one, and uh, the other one is still missing in action. Yeah, don't worry, he'll come through. Beef, they always just come through the last. These yeah. famous blokes, these famous they, blokes, they, yeah. they, they, they former the Harlem Globetrotters trotting all over the world. Former England international, Rob, footballer. Oh, the list is getting longer. Beef, of, it's a pretty of, long list. Yeah, minus Adam Gilchrist. <laughs> 
Uh, we'll get him eventually. We will. He'll apologise too. He will apologise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guarantee because he's a nice bloke. Yeah, I'm gonna he probably is a nice bloke. He probably, you know he is. Come on, mate. He walked, remember? He walked. He did. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what? No, he did. You're right. And <laughs> I'm not saying that. He's, um, well. I, do you know I, what? I was, was going to say this one thing, though, okay, yeah. okay, say if you ask someone politely for something and then they politely say no, don't then just go, oh, well, screw you then. You suck. <laughs> that, that's... Because then there, they definitely will never It come wasn't on. that. We dropped in the SEN stuff through yeah. the time, and then, then okay. I told them to get stuff. Um, yeah. Do you know what? But no, you didn't you know, actually. You know when... You, you um, said farewell and and, yeah. and You know when he walked? Quarterly departed. When he walked in India, and that, those times when he was walking when he was out. Right. I heard him described as un-Australian for walking. Right. Which is an well, absolute Well, but that's it's just a stupid... Oh, it doesn't... An Australian, Rob, for actually doing the right but, but, thing. But that's just one Muppet saying that. Like, it doesn't, wasn't it doesn't one. speak for everyone. It's a whole club. Well, whatever. Who cares? Are you, you going to go to another bagging Australia rent while we're in no, Australia? No, no. You still don't get this. I'm just saying. You're, you're just in this saying. little bubble in your own world. People and you were don't calling under- Adam Gilchrist an Australian because he was doing the right thing. But what, you just want to jump on this topic all the time. Do I? If you've just told Adam Gilchrist, who politely declined an offer, to bugger off. You've just said all this stuff. And now you're going on. What? I'm just you're distracting me with going on. What's going on out there? Anyway, go carry on. And then, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? It's live radio, Rob. And, and now oh, you want to go up. on? A, you want an anti-Australia rant? I never said that at all. You're, you're just putting words in my mouth, Rob. No, what's it's, your little phrase? The, it's all round there. It's all in the realm. It's all into the sphere. The connotations and annotations—they're all lining up. Beef. I can. I can sense it. It's just. It's just yeah. those. Those chips. Talking of agitation, huh? right? Okay. I just got back from holiday today right right back from holiday forgot about that and the old claire yeah shouldn't say old old jeez claire, claire my, oh, my, my darling claire yeah claire says to me, yeah. she, got, she got really bit agitated with me earlier she yeah goes, fair i would she goes, beefy yeah you haven't listened to a word i have said so far have you i right. went it's a funny way to start a conversation yeah she won't right, be- hang on a sec i'm gonna repeat that you haven't listened to a word i said have you and you said that's a funny way to start oh i get it yeah right. i just got it now should that be in gags yeah, with David yeah. Boone? Uh, no, no, no. That's actually quite clever. I was actually just very slow then. Good. But, um, so that's not on you. That's probably on me for that. That okay. wasn't that wasn't a silence that's a lame joke. That was a silence that I'm a bit slow. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Not normally, though, but but it's busy day, be. Good. We're, we're busy it's days. good to be busy sometimes. Good to yeah. be busy. Sometimes. What well, are you trying to say? Other times. He's saying that I'm not busy. Other times, it's good to just relax, do nothing. It is. A, it's a balance. I'm, that's what I'm going to be doing this Sunday. Healthy balance. I get a proper day off on Sunday. Yeah, and proper. I'm going to... Oh. I'm thinking about reviving that whole um, KFC and uh, that you know, I said I was just going to get a big bucket of KFC yeah. and some beers. But I think Sunday is the horse on the Saturday. There is some horse racing yeah. on the Sunday, though, like mm. out at Yarra Glen or something. There is, but a bit tough to pick those beef. Bendigo runs on a Sunday, I They're think. They're a bit, t- bit tough to pick anyway. Uh, well, if they weren't tough to pick, Rob, we'd all be millionaires. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, what have you got? Well, have you got any other ideas of what I could do on Sunday? No, it's up to you. You could actually do some um, prep for uh, our uh, radio no, show. No, it's my day off. Stings I'm not doing that. and things. You're 18 stings behind. What stings I got to do? None. None. They're all done. Are they? Yeah. Okay, I'll let you believe that. You've already done them all. Questions. There's oh, but, uh, the FA Cup. Oh, well, the FA Cup chimers. Talking about FA Cup chimers. Yeah. Hopefully, Andy Sitton's going to be on the phone very soon. Right. Hopefully. He still hasn't responded. Okay. So I'm a bit nervous now, but we'll get there. Um, we'll get there, Beef. Right. We'll, we'll find 20 minutes elsewhere. I've, I've, I've uh, we won't. 
<laughs> we just won't. Have you, are you biding into this uh, Spotify row? No, I don't want to talk about Spotify. I want to talk about the tennis, actually. Oh, do you? Yeah. What happened? Well, come on. You must have watched it. Or at least heard what happened. It depends which one you're talking about. Well, I know someone that had two hundy on, and it wasn't me, on Nadal and Barty to win at well, 55, a... 55 to 1. What? Because it was before Djokovic wasn't playing. Oh, okay, fair so enough. So at that point, Nadal must have been playing, I don't know. Well, Barty must have been she two, was... two or three to one at uh, well, most. Maybe, maybe three to four. You still three around there. Mm. So that means Rafa would only have had to, he would have been playing 15 roughly. That's still long for but, Nadal. But, you're, but he's a sweet sixth seed. Yeah. You know? But he is the great champ. Epic match. It was epic. Five yeah. setter. I actually couldn't stay up and listen to it. Yeah, tennis, Rob. Yeah. Tennis. That'd um, be the toughest one to commentate, I think. Tennis commentary. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. To make it interesting. Tennis on the radio is interesting. That's what I mean. Do you know, um, I, I went to the Marcus Bagdatis and Federer final, mm. and I was in the top row of the second tier, and just behind me was Bruce McAvaney doing commentary for the radio. Oh, exhausting. That would have been annoying as all hell. It was muffled because he was behind glass yeah. to stop annoying people, yeah. but it was not clearly non-stop. You'd be exhausted. I think he was. Imagine having to commentate every single shot they play. Yeah. Cross court. It's hard. You can't keep up. Well, you can. Long time between points nowadays. You better be paying well. Get paid per word. That's how you do it. per word. Yeah, that's how you want to figure that one out. Yeah. Go the journalist technique. Go the journalist technique. Yes. Uh, I remember Ray Ramon. Ray, what's he called? Barone. Ray Barone. That's him. He was talking to Barry Bonds or someone and saying, oh, you make all this money. And Barry Bonds said, well, you get paid per word, don't you? If you write the word A, that's another 10 bucks. If you write the word at, that's mm. another 10 bucks. So what? So if I get paid two hundred million, you get paid per word, and just for doing that little word, yeah, ten bucks. That's hey, not bad. I remember that show. Yeah, you, you like everybody loves Raymond, do you? Um, it's tolerable. I don't mind it. Mm. I quite like everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, he's good. That Ray Barone of the token side-on standard American sitcoms of recent times. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah, don't disagree with that. Yeah, good. Don't disagree with that. I don't watch any of those. The only good, only Kirby enthusiasm is the best one. And after Ricky Gervais Afterlife. Well, that's not American, though, is it? No. Um, Cheers. Cheers is great. Cheers show. is great. One of the greatest shows. Yeah, all that again, 80s. And Well, yeah. Seinfeld is obviously the best. True. True, true, true. Well, what do we got, Beef? We're going to go. Are we going to go to a break? You want to go to some music or something? I think we're going to have to go to some music, All Rob, right. because I need to follow this up with the old Queens Park Rangers. Yep. If you didn't know, we've been following the FA Cup all the way from the first qualifying round, way back in August, mm. and we're through to round four. We're on to Queens Park Rangers. They're away to Peterborough United on Saturday in the fourth round, but our man is not answering his phone. So we're going to play a couple of tunes, and hopefully, we'll get to Andy Sinden very shortly. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah, everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan and this is 365 Days of Sport. If you hear this song, you know it won't be long Till the game is up and you're out of the cup Beefy and Rob, did it done The FA Cup, chimers, chimers, chimers Sinton's in 
shot, and Rangers are in the lead. Andy Sinton, his first lead goal of the season. Sinton takes, Sinton scores! Sinton takes the return, Sinton. Oh, what a quality goal from Andy Sinton. Hits superbly right-footed on the volley. Wilkins corner. And that's Sinton, and there's the hat-trick. Restores the supremacy that Rangers should have had really much more easily in the second half. Well, Rob, we're into yeah. the fourth round of the FA Cup. We are absolutely honoured to be joined by QPR representative, the ambassador to the club. He scored the first ever QPR goal in the Premier League. Way back in 1992. He has wow. 12 caps for England. Mm-hmm. And unbelievably, we've convinced him to come on this show. That's great. Well Unbelievable. done, It's quite the salesman. Welcome to the 365 Days of Sport family, Mr. Andy Sinton. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Very well, very well, well, all the better for talking to you, Andy. Absolutely. Pleasure to uh, get you on. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Now, you play for a lot of clubs through your time, all the way from Cambridge and uh, QPR, Sheffield Wednesday, Tottenham, the Premier League, a few others along the way. QPR, yeah. you consider them your club? You know, the one you're most tied to? I know you're employed by the club now as an ambassador, but when your playing days were up, did you feel as though that was your club? Yeah, certainly. You know, the four, what was it, four and a half years I had at Rangers was um, was undoubtedly the, the, the happiest time of my career. You know, it's where I really started to climb the ladder. Came from Brentford 18 months, two years later, I was in the England side. It was quite a steep sort of curve but you know the Rangers at the time real family club we had a great team great players managers fans were brilliant Loftus Road at the time was packed every week so uh, no um, absolutely special special part of my career and I guess you feel yourself a, a little bit honoured to be uh, a club ambassador nowadays as well oh yeah 100% delighted what was it the call came six years ago would I be interested it took me about a second to say yes <laughs> before I knew what the role entailed but uh, just to be back uh, helping the club in a, in a small capacity whatever that may be uh, you know the role that I've got encompasses every aspect of the club really other than coaching the first team or training with the first team etc so uh, no it's an absolute privilege it's an honour you know one of my roles is really to reach out to fans and bridge that gap and you know the, the club's in a good place at the moment I've had a bit of pain over recent years but uh, we needed that that had to happen no one likes it when it does and it is happening but it had to happen uh, and I think we're out the other side and things are looking Right. Yeah, well, you're going well in the league, and obviously the main goal for you guys is to get back <clears> in the Premier League. But the reason we are talking to you is, myself and Rob, yep. we're on this FA Cup journey. We started way back <laughs> in the first qualifying round. We were following Merthyr Town. We had Johnny Owen yep. on, the uh, the Welsh filmmaker. So we, we jumped on board with Merthyr. Unfortunately, they lost to Hamworthy United. Um, so we've gone from Hamworthy to Sirencester Town, Hungerford Town, Bromley. Yep. Who did Bromley lose to, Rob? Come on. Uh, QPR? No, Bromley didn't. We're all the way through the fourth round with QPR. We've been to Rotherham. Bromley in the first round. Rotherham, that's right. And obviously, when QPR beat Rotherham on penalties, we're now with you guys. Now, it's fair to say... In the past, well, probably 30 years, QPR's record in the FA Cup isn't that flash. 
<laughs> I think you're being kind there. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really, really poor when you think what it used to be. Um, and you know, this year we're celebrating 40 years since the since the final. Uh, the guys uh, got the final and put Tottenham to a replay, and you know, played really, really well. So that's uh, no, just. I think it's one of those things that just throws up, you know. But uh, it's a record that doesn't sit well with us. Um, but you know, we're we're into the fourth round. We got Peachborough at the weekend. Tough game. They beat us in the league there when they scored in the last minute. You know, we had 4,000 fans there, which was brilliant. So hopefully we'll take a load of fans there at the weekend and, and progress and see who we pull out the hat and see how far we can go. Yeah. But, um, you know, the FA Cup, I grew up as a kid in England, in Newcastle. Yeah, the FA Cup was the main event of the season. You know, the glamour tie. I used to get up as a kid and from nine o'clock, used to feature the whole run up to the final on the TV. I used to visit the team in the hotel, cameras on the bus journey. That sort of lost its magic to a degree over recent years. Many reasons for that, you know, but uh, I'm a little bit old school. I just love the FA Cup. I oh. really do love the FA Cup. Music to our ears, that is, because I grew up as a Newport County fan and our uh, our FA Cup history isn't great until the last couple of years. But uh, in, terms yeah, of, <laughs> in terms of waiting to possibly get to that third round and drawing some of the big boys, that was what we always lived for. Yep. You know, get a decent cup run. To the lower league clubs, <clears throat> the money is, is always useful. The TV money is even more useful. Yes. But uh, are you not buying into this? It's a bit of a distraction, are you? Well, I'm not. I said I'm already uh, old school. <laughs> Some clubs over recent years, you know. But again, you know, when we beat Rotherham, I I get excited. Uh, I sit in front of the, the live draw, and I'm, there's a couple of ways you can look at the FA Cup on paper. Nothing's won on paper. I get that. But do you want a nice, easy home tie where you should progress even further? Do you want a glamour tie away from home, full house, and the finances that brings? So I sit, I think it was a Monday night the last time, sit watching the telly and probably hoping you want a home time. But uh, yeah, so as I say, I just love the FA Cup. I think it's magic. I think it's special. And I just like the fans, you know, are keen to see who we draw. But you get who you get and you're going to have to go home and away. And no matter what you get thrown out, if you're going to progress, you're going to have to, to come through an uneasy time. You know, the, the cup, uh, again, that's part of the magic, you know, it throws up all sorts of upsets and giant killing, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we've got Peterborough, you know, same league tough game chance I'm sure they see it the same I'm sure Peterborough will look at the game and you know they've probably got other aspirations as well to stay in the league so um, but both clubs will see it as a um, as a tie there I think we can both progress and it's who performs on the day and in our research into into QBR and the makeup of its uh, sort of the fans of the club and, and uh, who represents there there was a long list of, of rock and roll stars in there there was there was Nick Cave who else was in there Beef uh, Mick Jones from The Clash Mick Jones from The Clash uh, yep. Blonde Blondie. Blondie was in there. Yeah. What's going on in this clubhouse of yours to attract all these rock stars? I hope it's all above board. <laughs> I think they must come and watch me singing in the bathroom or something. Oh, really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and answer your question, I don't know. Um, you know, we're just delighted to have any fan. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've had pop stars. We've had famous cricket players. We've had politicians come to our games, etc., etc., etc. So, um, you know, every fan that we have is vital. Every fan that we have is appreciated and important um, we're seeing that this year since the lockdown the fans were allowed back in the stadium the, the support they've given the team has been incredible been very loud very proud of who we are and long may that continue because fans I think they realise but I'll just reiterate you know fans play a huge huge part in the success of any club and uh, I just want to say thanks to our fans and I know we've got fans all over the world I know we've got some down in Australia like you guys who tune in and watch and you know support from afar and I've spoken to many it's great that we've got that following and uh, 
and thank you to to you and everyone and some of your listeners you know for the support you give us no problem. yeah no problem at all i think the other two were bill bailey was one and you just mentioned famous cricketers ashley giles the king of spain he's a prominent qpr fan okay well, i wasn't i wasn't aware of uh, wasn't aware of ashley I oh he's not down the club there well he's he's got I think he's had more more important things on his mind over the last couple of months down under there yeah one or two unfortunately he's uh, had a bit of a rough we're not, mention- we're not mentioning that though we're not definitely not we're yeah. definitely not don't mention the it. war yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> now any fa cup for you any famous memories <clears throat> any uh famous away trips that uh you can tell us about uh, that uh you know a tuesday night in hartlepool yeah, yeah uh yeah, many many different clubs you know brentford um before i joined qpr we were a third division team um we went all the way at the quarter final and drew the mighty liverpool away actually it was my last game mm. brentford. Uh, after that game they uh qpr came calling and the rest is history so um some special special nights at rangers you know um we took quarter final again 2-2 against liverpool took them to a replay unfortunately peter b anthony scored early on but that was a that was a cracking game one tie that sticks out my mind at rangers we drew nil nil at highbury against arsenal and brought them back so we played saturday in, in those days used to come straight back and play on a wednesday night loftus road i think they announced there was twenty one thousand inside but i felt there was about forty thousand. the place was absolutely rocking at lashed down with rain all night kenny sanson scored against the club he served so well and i got the second deep into sort of stoppage time to win the game but some of the football that was played that night the atmosphere inside mm-hmm. that that was a real it's a game i often talk about now it was a it was a special cup night under the lights at loftus road and um yeah yeah the furthest i got with rangers was quarter final got the semi-final with spurs but uh so never went all the way and enjoyed a special occasion yeah fa cup is a special competition nah definitely definitely no i actually went to university in sheffield and i was there from kind of 92 to 96 so i actually saw you play a lot for wednesday they used to do okay. cheapish tickets for students so i managed to get in on the cheap <laughs> any uh any fond memories of uh of hillsborough yeah you know every club that i've played for during my career i've really got fond memories of the club i've never really had a very bad time i'll probably say sheffield's the club that i never really hit the heights that i would like a number of reasons from that but you know special memories of wednesday again cup semi-finals never got all away playing a good side packed with internationals now then went on to spurs went on to wolves you know what i look back on my career and i feel really blessed and really privileged to have played for some of the clubs that i had and if someone said when i was 15 growing up in newcastle you know what in your career you'll play 750 games mostly at the top level you'll represent your country a dozen times i would have said you know what how much do you want for that you know because um i had a great career played with some great players rangers especially you know um the likes of ray wilkins alan mcdonald les ferdinand dave bardsley clive wilson uh, you know simon barker ian holloway roy wiggly dave seaman uh paul parker the list goes on we've had some fantastic who who was the loosest at the pub of that lot that you just mentioned who was the what sorry who was the most loose at the pub the the most willing to have a big evening as such have a big evening that's uh... (laughs) a We all, we will. You know what? My time at Rangers, we used to do pretty well socially. We used to go out together. We used to go out in the afternoons and have a bite to eat. We used to mm-hmm. golf together, eight or nine of us. It was, uh, there was a real togetherness. It was a super dressing room. It you sounds, know, it sounds terrible life. It really yeah, does. Terrible life, yeah, terrible life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but as players, influences on my career, you know, um, Jerry Francis, obviously, as a manager, was certainly the, the manager I looked up to the most in the whole of my career. You know, QPR legend uh, for what he did. I come through the, 
youth system, went on to play in our most successful team, captain East Country, managed the club twice. You know, just a, a real Rangers man. He was he was superb on the pitch. I look no further than Ray Wilkins. What a player. What a player. But more importantly for me, what a person. I was really close to him. Still miss him dearly, you know, since he passed away. He had such a big, big influence on my career. So I just used to look at Ray, the way he walked, the way he acted, the way he dressed, the way he spoke to people. I just thought, you know, if I'm half of the man, never mind the player, if I'm half the man he is, you know, I'll be I'll be happy. He was, mm. And, you know, if you ever spoke to Kevin Gallen or Les Ferdinand or Trevor Sinclair or people like that, you know, they'd say exactly the same. Ray Wilkins was top, top, top. Yeah. And I'm not even doing him justice when I say that. <laughs> Fair enough. Top man. I do want to ask you about another QPR legend. I told you I was a Newport County fan. One of the best players yep. I ever saw growing up as a, as a youth team player making his way into the first team. Unfortunately, got a horrific injury, but he still came back after that, went on to play in the Premier League for QPR and Newcastle. He had the worst hair in football, but still, <laughs> Darren Peacock was a teammate of yours. And yep. unbelievable story. After he broke his leg, he, he actually snapped his leg in half. He had one leg that was two inches shorter than the other, and he still yeah, went on to play like Premier League. And uh, like I yep. said, he's uh, he still keeps in touch with the Newport County lads, even really after he only played couple of seasons but uh, he's that type of yeah. guy but yeah no good guy there yeah yeah a real success what he did at rangers and you know that's darren peacock himself is one of many he epitomizes what rangers qpi used to be about in those days we used to source someone and i i'm in that les is in that bracket now i went from brentford up les went from non-league up darren peacock you know lower leagues buy quite cheap polish them up two three years later send them on their way to to pastures new you know and that was the, that was the rangers model and you know i think we're a little bit like that now and you know we don't want to sell best players and we hope we haven't got to sell best players but if that's our model for us to be sustainable and get back to where we have to get to you know you look at Eze a couple of years ago great story because we picked him up after he had been released from uh, another club you know we we work with him we polish him up and he's, he's a precocious talent great kid as well you know and goes off for 20 million that allows us to strengthen the squad at many different capacities and as I say no one likes to see you lose your best players but if that's a way and that's the way we have to operate now in the parameters that we've got to work in financially so going back to your question regarding Darren Darren was a prime example of that years ago coming from a a lower club working really really hard mate improving them selling them for a really really good profit and uh, now darren was a he's a top lad had a great career and uh, a real success story and is as a young man going back to even even your high school days when you're training and things like that were you more of the type that's very disciplined very uh stringent routines yeah. or were you the yeah. sort of type who was had pure natural talents and didn't have to possibly work so hard because they could just go out and play on the weekend and be you know ready yeah. to go where do you sit on that spectrum no i was no i was probably um because you know I just reeled off my career two or three minutes ago you know very lucky lad I I never thought I was one of the best if that makes sense but I I probably worked harder than, than most or anyone I wouldn't say anyone but you know I was one that would certainly in the summer you know I'd go for runs and I'd make sure I went back for pre-season fit my aim was on, I'm going to go back fitter than anyone else so I've already got a head start disciplined though you know I used to eat properly certainly as you got towards Saturday I used to make sure I used to get my sleep I used to clear everyone out my house on a Saturday morning, even my wife, I used to send her out shopping. Not that she needed any excuses, but uh, <laughs> go on out you go, just so I could get in the, just so I was in the zone. To, right. Sort uh, of the exact to, opposite to of what? George Best, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't anywhere near as good as that guy. 
but no, I, I just used to, you know, I felt privileged to be a footballer. I felt privileged to play for the clubs that I did. I always wanted to entertain and give fans value for money because they're using their hard-earned money to come and support. Always meant out of my way to, you know, to be speaking to fans and tell them how important they were. So yeah, I was a little bit straight batter, I suppose. Uh, you know, just <laughs> totally focused on being the best I could be on every game, and I, you know, I certainly didn't play well every game. I had many shockers, many bad games, but it wasn't for the lack of trying. And yeah, I would sum that up. You were saying what was your to say? You know, I worked as hard as I possibly can, and I've certainly got no regrets yeah. about having my career. Well, talking about talking probably. about regrets, Andy, did your dad ever forgive you for not signing for Newcastle? <laughs> My dad was a huge Newcastle fan. You know, he used to take me from from the age of six. I remember going to Sheffield Wednesday in 1973. I think it was six or seven at the time to watch Newcastle play Burnley semi-final of the, the FA Cup. My dad went to the final, but actually he couldn't get me a ticket. I was heartbroken that I couldn't go. with down to Wembley. Fortunately, <laughs> didn't miss much because Liverpool beat them 3-0. But uh, you know what? I trained with Newcastle as a kid and I remember sitting in the manager's. It was unheard of at the time. I sat in the first team manager's office and the first team manager at the time Bill McGarry was trying to get me to sign and he left the room he said I'll, I'll leave you with it and I said to my dad Dad I'm not signing and he, he sort of looked at me and he said uh, well, what do you what do you think I said Dad it's not the club for me and bear in mind I'm 15 at the time very headstrong very focused very you know, so I'm saying to my dad and my dad was saying well okay your decision son but I could oh, I could see a little I thought you better say he, he said you're have. disowned yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would have loved it but you know what I lost my dad a few years ago my dad was my biggest critic but he was also my biggest biggest supporter you know and um, that the support I got from my mom and dad and my brother I might not have achieved what I got so uh, whether I whether I broke his heart a little bit not sign up on Newcastle he, he never said I'm sure he would have loved and I suppose I probably would have liked it you know standing every game watching Newcastle black and white but when push come to shove I just knew when I was offered the chance it just wasn't right for me and bearing in mind I'm a young kid but I just mm. knew I make my own decisions and you some of you get right some of you don't but as I say, I think if you look back on my career, I don't think uh, I did that badly. Yeah. But, you know, when I went to Cambridge, mm. I, I was training with Newcastle. I was training with Aston Villa. I had just won the European Cup. I went to Ipswich. I had just won the UEFA Cup. I went down to Tottenham. I went down to Arsenal. And I chose little Cambridge United. This is where the headstrong 15-year-old Andy Sinton was. And I saw a lot of the kids go to big clubs, probably as good, if not better than me. I'm somewhere within a couple of years because of the size of the club. I'd got lost in the system. Hadn't been given an opportunity. And I saw them back in Newcastle playing on the park you know with a mate and I just thought you know what I'm going to start at a lesser club I'm going to get in the team early I'm going to gain my experience and I'm going to use it as a stepping stone this was me as a 15 year old a lot of people thought crazily but that's uh, and a panda and I get there'll be the adage you know if you're good enough you're going to break through anyway I get that 100% get that but I just thought the the career path that I had mapped out for myself was the right one for me and um, it proved to be the case yeah touch and wood well <laughs> 750 league appearances 12 caps for England I think you probably made the right choice in the end Andy yeah. Proves in the pudding. Luck, lucky boy and very privileged. <laughs> well, Andy, thanks for joining us. We've got to wish QPR the hours the best of luck in the fourth Thank round you. of the FA Cup. Thank Away you. to the posh on the weekend. Hopefully, QPR get into round five, or at least the hat for round. Oh, mind you, no replays. So um, it's penalties, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we don't want that. We've had four of them this year. <laughs> oh, good. Well, there you go. I mean, well, at least you got some experience.
Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, a big weekend and wishing the boys and Mark the very, very best of luck and hopefully we'll progress. Absolutely, most definitely. Absolutely, Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Sounded like a professional then, Andy. Perhaps getting a job in the media anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, great to speak to you. Thanks for having me on and I wish you luck. Yeah, Cheers, no man. problem at all. We'll, we will be tuning in. It is a 2 a.m. kickoff here in uh, Melbourne on Saturday <laughs> night, Sunday morning. So we will be waiting with bated breath about the uh, the result and best of luck to QPR because uh, you deserve to get in round five and uh, like I said you're flying high in fourth in the championship and uh, if you don't progress in the FA Cup there's always the chance of promotion <laughs> <laughs> let's hope you're right guys exactly thanks right thanks a lot alright Andy thanks for your time all the best cheers thanks take care bye bye hey bro if we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass no grass would you eat me to survive oh bro who'd eat a cow premium New Zealand beef Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. This is Daniel Ricciardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Rob, it's not very mm. often we go double FA Cup chimers. Back to back. But we're in the FA Cup fourth round. We just yeah. had Andy Sinton on. 12 yeah. England caps, uh-huh. right? Never won the FA Cup. Didn't get that far. Got the court finally, so that was the mm. first year I've been. So I thought, right, we're going to buck the trend. We're going to get one of QPR's most prominent fans on the show just to give QPR a bit of a buck up so we can get them into the fifth round. So we have asked Charlie Ashcroft from Amazing Radio over there in London just to jump on the phone and talk up QPR's chances against Peterborough on Saturday. Charlie, thanks for joining us on 365 Days of Sport. Thanks for having me, boys. Good to be on here. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Now we're just excited. Talk- excited, we are. Andy Sinden has it's got excited us. Excited for 2 a.m. Saturday night is what we're excited for. Yeah, Sunday the- night. If you didn't know, it's <laughs> 2 a.m. Saturday night kickoff against Peterborough. So uh, we are pumped. Let's face it. We've got this far in the FA Cup. In fact, we're going all the way through the final. Unfortunately, mm. it may not be with QPR, mm. but we will be there. For now, we're ours fans through and through oh it's great to have you as part of the uh part of the brotherhood <laughs> and sisterhood of QPR fans on <laughs> yeah. that side of the world now you're in the in the music biz so to speak we've read quite a bit about mm. QPR's famous fans they all seem to mm. well the majority seem to be music based is rock stars any, basically they're all, yeah they're all rock stars is it what's the reason for this it's it's a hard one I think more recently you look at people like Pete Doherty from the mm. Libertines who grew up near the ground looking back further to the 80s with people like Robert Smith from The Cure. There's always a West London affiliation with bands like The Clash and The Sex Pistols. You know, you've got people like Glenn Matlock and it's just, I don't know, There's, I think going back a few decades, there's a, something of a maybe a little bit of faded glamour about what QPR bring to the West London football <laughs> landscape and I think that, that obviously strikes a note with I don't know, it resonates with musicians who maybe don't necessarily always go for the for the glamorous option within right. London. Because there's a lot of professional clubs in London, not just West London, but all over the capital. And I think it must just date back to, you know, West London being affiliated with some great music, with some great bands, but also the fact that, you know, we've always been a very down-to-earth club, I think. And I think that's, okay. that obviously resonates with a lot of people. I was just a bit concerned at some of the imagery that was going on in the in the clubhouse there. I was, I was worried that uh, some... some questionable behavior might be taking place with those sort of fans being attracted i don't know <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> yeah i suppose if you put them all in one room <laughs> let the carnage begin but i think no i think overall I, it must be i think it must be something that it was a nice thing if you're if you're not on tour and if you're not <laughs> gigging somewhere else in the capital it's, it's an, it was always traditionally a nice pastime for saturday afternoons maybe before the other activities could begin in the evening it's a family affair as well as what we're saying yes yes absolutely of course absolutely now we 
we have read that Wendy James from Transvision Vamp is a, an avid fan. We've we've read that Blondie's a fan, Debbie Harry, and we've also read that Nick Cave of Melbourne fame is rumoured to be a QPR fan. Now, Nick Cave doesn't quite strike me as the type of guy to follow football, but, you know, in the rock and roll lifestyle, you never know. No, you never know. I think the Blondie thing, uh, I'm fairly sure Debbie Harry attended a couple of games. There's a couple of famous photographs of her looking out ah. onto the, you know, the residential streets from the stadium whether we remain on her radar is another matter yeah nick cave i've not heard that but I'm, i mean i'm always i think we're the kind of club where we're, we always welcome you know any any kind of leg up from from any sort of famous fan association i think if he if he's into his football maybe you know we've been through some hard times i think maybe you could probably put some of our our darker moments to some of his music and and go from there to be honest it would probably fit quite well but i can't necessarily visualize him grabbing it didn't come to our mind either. We're, we were shocked and baffled when we saw that affiliation. I, yes. I, I, yeah. Now, Charlie, what started your relationship with QPR way? But I'm, I'm thinking probably early 80s. Yeah, I grew up in Hammersmith, which is not, it's a district of London that's pretty much five, ten minute walk from the stadium. My dad was actually a Blackburn fan, having grown up in the north, but he didn't really force that upon me. I think my friends who lived nearby kind of got to me first. And um, actually, before even attending a game, QPR hosted these like soccer schools where you'd go and do a week's worth of football training during the summer holidays. And I went to a couple of those and kind of just it was it was the nearest club. And out of convenience, I went to my first game and it was a three all draw with Middlesbrough in this was probably the autumn of 1992. And uh, your uh, your new friend, Andy Sinton, actually scored a last minute penalty to get the equaliser for three three. So I think from then on, I was probably hooked, probably from the age of eight. So, yeah. And, and it's been 30 years since mm-hmm. then. So uh, stuck with them. Stuck with them. Oh, well, congratulations. Well, at least your old man, you know, at least you're following a team in blue and white, I guess. Yes, exactly. And I think he's always happy to see QPR do well. In fact, his Blackburn team are also, I know we're mainly focusing on the cup, but, you know, QPR and Blackburn are up the uh, upper end of the championship table. Yeah. So we're having a little bit more football back and forth than we would in previous seasons when we were both languishing in, in mid-table. So as a fan, I know you're at the pointy end of the championship. As a fan, are you thinking the FA Cup is a bit of a distraction this season and you'd rather get promoted? Or are you one of these traditionalists that you want to go deep in the FA FA Cup. I want to go deep in the FA Cup on the sole basis that our only occasion that we reached the final was before I was born, uh, back in 1982. So that was before my time. Yeah, it's and I think 40 years. We, it's the 40-year celebration. Yes, exactly. So it would be nice. It would be nice to get to Wembley again. I actually think if you do well in the Cup, it just adds to your momentum in the in the league, to be honest. I think it gets to the mm. point where you need your team to be winning. If you change it too much, it can disrupt the momentum from the league. And I think... I'm just sick of us losing in the third or fourth round. I think if we win this weekend, it's possibly only our, I I think I read somewhere, it'd be our third visit to the fifth round since 1997. Okay. So you're looking like 25 years and very rarely do we get past this stage. So, um, do you know what? That's only, that's only two more than Newport County. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you've had some (laughs) televised heroics in recent years with, uh, you know, with Premier League teams visiting Newport and, and coming a cropper. So, you know, I'm, 
yeah, I feel like we're always a bit of an underdog in the cup. But then you put us up against Peterborough in the fourth round. And, yep. and I guess you start to hope that if we put a good team out, and we don't change it too much, then we should have enough to go through. But we lost to them in the league. Yeah. So it's hard to gauge exactly what's going to what's gonna happen. No, I'm excited. I think, yeah, I'm all for a cup run. Good. It would be lovely to get, good, good. get, nice. get through and, and carry on the journey. Nice little intimate ground as well, London Road. I've been to uh, been at Peterborough a few times. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you really, really close to the pitch. A bit like, actually, a little bit like Loftus Road, funnily enough. Yeah, there are some similarities, I think. You know, it's it's one of those old-fashioned grounds that has got a fair amount of character to it. I mm. think you get good atmosphere just due to the nature of how the stands are laid out. It's not one of these new designed stadiums, you know, out off the motorway somewhere. You know, it's very much community asset. And yeah. I don't think I've heard a bad word to be said about their um, about the atmosphere there, you know. Yeah. And we're taking, by the sounds of it, we're taking quite a big away following as well, like we oh, did in good. the league. So it should be a good, a good noise there. On paper, probably not the most glamorous tie of the round because it's two championship teams, but should still be an interesting game, an exciting game and uh, plenty of noise from both home and away fans. Oh, definitely, definitely. Now, outside of uh, Amazing Radio and QPR, I'd notice you've just been announced as a judge for the Emerging Talent Competition at Glastonbury this year. That's bloody great. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, really excited, actually. The um, Every year, Glastonbury have this competition where new artists based in the UK and Ireland can submit their tracks and a live performance video and you get hundreds of entries and they get split between various judges. So it's Is it open to Australians as well? Or? I think you have to be UK based. So ah. If you're Australian and based in the UK. We'll get you an address in, Ireland, in the then... UK, Rob. It's all right. <laughs> Rob's currently working on his solo album at the minute, Charlie. So, uh, you know, perhaps 2023 might be uh, where we're at. Yeah, high up on the pyramid stage. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> no, listen, it, it's really, it's cool. It's the first year I've done it. I haven't been to Glastonbury for a little while, but it's, it's always an amazing festival to be to be part of. And so I'm expecting quite a, a large playlist to be sent my way full of possible contenders. And then we get, as judges, we get the chance to pick our favourite three, write a little review, and then the Glastonbury team pick a final selection of artists to play across the various stages uh, in, in late June. So so yeah, that's it's really exciting. It's, it's The competition's open right now. So they've just um, started accepting submissions and they're, they're already starting to pour in. So uh, yeah, exciting times and just great to see the festival circuit back in action, you know, after a difficult couple of years. What's the kind of musical trends at the moment uh, in the UK? There's, uh, I'm imagining there's a lot of kind of solo guitar singer-songwriters, Ed Sheeran style, Jake Bug, Jerry Cinnamon type deals going on. They, they seem to be prominent or are we seeing a bit of a movement towards uh, old school Scar or EDM or what are we into? Yeah, I think singer, singer-songwriters are still very prominent. Um, you look across you know, various charts and various you know live gigs and you, you see a lot of there's a lot of people following that route in terms of what people are liking commercially still very driven towards pop r&b and rap but then there's quite a strong underground scene with guitar bands i think they're not necessarily in the same public eye as they were maybe 10 20 years ago but there's still a very fertile set of, of bands doing the rounds we've actually just for this last week we've seen a band from yorkshire called yard act go to number two in the album charts with a very much a almost like a sort of socio-political commentary of a record which you wouldn't necessarily expect to see at the upper echelons of the chart mm, but gosh. there's clearly strong fan base there still buying records as i said you know after a difficult couple of years the gig circuit and the, and the venues are starting to come to life again so um yeah it's a good time good time to be on the search for the new artists and new bands that you know that might be your new favorites it's really uh, it's really exciting at the moment they, are they your, your band to watch out for what were they called yard act yard 
act. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say so in terms of if you're wanting a sense, they're very, as I say, very British, as very much a state of where we are now um, mm. in terms, you know, both politically and just as a, as a nation. So um, their political stance, so, is, are they, are they the, going to be the first right wing uh, political band in history or just... <laughs> just probably not right wing, No, no, no I mean, that's, that's like saying, screwdriver. That's what I'm saying. Everything's left wing of you. It's uh, always on the left. Like maybe they'll be the first right wing band in history. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, very much, very much at the other end of the spectrum. But um, kind of accurately summing up, I think a lot of uh, you know a lot of the frustration being experienced in various parts of the country. But I think they they will travel well just because they're entertaining both live and on record. One of those things where you can just see them garnering a lot of momentum this year. And I'm sure as we've talked about festivals, obviously I think they'll be right across the the summer festival circuit. There's also a band called Wet Leg. We're from the Isle mm. of Wight in the south of England, just off the south coast of England, mm. which is uh, fronted by two women who've been in various other bands and musical projects they've got a debut album coming out in april which everyone's getting rather excited about as well and their music videos are fantastic they've also got a bit of a tongue-in-cheek sense of of lyric writing with various allusions to different films and memes and that's really that's that seems to be blowing up a little bit at the moment they've been on tour with idols as well so they've got quite a bit of a following already but um excitement building before a debut album from wet leg in april so charlie what is going to be so for the game this weekend and what what is going to be the the routine? You wake up, you have a certain breakfast, you get in the zone. You I don't know a pint of Guinness at midday or something. What's the plan? <laughs> yeah, I think the, as you may sense from talking to lots of people within the sort of football family, if you like, you know, I think the the day is always much more than the match. You know what I mean? The match yeah. is almost like I'm not saying it's secondary because it's important and it dictates our mood for the next how many hours or days afterwards. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it's it's meeting up with friends, it's having a drink in whichever pub. An away day is slightly different. The fact that we're going away to Peterborough obviously means fewer people attending the game but still if for, for those of us not actually going to be there it's, it's still a sense of getting together usual pub mm-hmm. finding you know a televised option for it and be able to to all sit together and mm-hmm. either enjoy it or hate it together mm-hmm. sometimes it can be quite a lonely experience watching it on your own you know if you're <laughs> cramped over your phone late at night it's yeah. quite nice to have that chance just to get together and my son who is eight is nearly eight is, is also starting to take a bit of an interest as well so mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. He's always asking me what's going on and, and asking to go to games. So um, it's becoming more of a family affair this year and this season. So it's exciting times yeah. and fingers well, crossed, yeah. And for your sake as well, that we go marching into the fifth round. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, we've asked nearly everyone, well, in fact, everyone we've had on, what is the food uh, like at Loftus Road? And do Rangers have a mascot to keep the kids entertained? Yes. Uh, so the food, I'm going to be 100% honest here. It's not mm. been great for a, a fair right. Few years now. At least you're honest. Yeah. Honesty is imperative. Yeah, you have to constructive criticism. Starting, yeah, well, this is it. I think they have these meetings called like the fans forums every year, and the, and the food often gets brought up in terms of the, the kind of quality mm. of catering and how long it takes to get served. But in terms of the actual food that you can buy, we seem to be slowly turning a corner now. The pies are pretty good. They've recently started doing like a chips topped with you know you get like a, just a big box of fries topped with like chili con carne and cheese which, loaded, look, which I've not tried but look excellent mm, yeah. and then, then the, and there seems to be a slight improvement on the burgers as well so they, I think they're starting to get their act together yeah. um, or just putting their faith in better catering but you um, did say words like slight they're starting to turn the corner like you're not <laughs> raving about it you're just saying there's, no, there's some I, movement there's an incredible Twitter account doing the rounds called Footy Scran and I, yeah. I think the first time we've managed to feature on there is with the loaded fries so oh, okay. that, nice. for me 
is a sign that maybe there's some wider acceptance. Mm-hmm. I also did see a, there were a couple of teenage lads who do like a vlog at various stadiums, and one of them rated the burger like nine out of ten. And I was like, oh, okay, gosh, yeah. this, this is clearly yeah. there. There are some sort of green shoots of recovery here after okay. a few years where you okay. wouldn't really touch the food. The people <laughs> have been hurt for a beer, but Good. not not bother with the food. Well, um, we've got the Andy Sindon so, yeah. hotline now, so we'll get on to Andy and say, look, this has got to be sorted out. Oh, please do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he'd be, he'd be uh, someone who mm. could who could honestly fly the flag for this in terms of mascots there are two actually so there's there's a there's a black cat called jude which jude been around must be best part of 20 25 years and that stems back to um, an actual black cat who used to come into the stadium uh, Ah. every day and apparently was sort of taken in as a almost like an honorary pet for the for the qpr uh, staff who worked at the stadium and then there's also on a sort of similar note i suppose there's also a tiger called spark which is the sort of emblem and representative of our QPR Tiger Feet team, which is kind of a selection of age group teams for kids with Down syndrome. So oh, you've got, cool. you see both of those on match day, taking pictures with the kids and yeah, adding to the fun pre-match. I think Jude in particular um, has some very good dance moves when it comes right. to half-time songs blowing around the stadium. And Depending on um, who's on the inside of, of uh, There's always these rumours that it's a player who's not in the match day squad. I'm, I'm not sure I believe that because <laughs> I think, <laughs> I don't know if you dance or be happy or be patient enough to yeah. take hundreds of photos with kids if you were yeah. struggling to get any first team action. I may right. be wrong. Maybe. Right. Maybe. You, know, maybe. you, you, might, you might, might just buy into the club ideal. You never know. Mm. Yeah, one big family, one big team, you know, doing our bit. It's a different reserve player every week. It's, it's his turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, fingers crossed that's true because uh, if it is a player, that would be absolutely awesome. I, seeing and knowing football nowadays, I, I can't believe that's the case. They would hate to do it. They just wouldn't buy into it. They'd just stand there and, you know, they'd suffer. They'd very quickly be around the corner, sitting down with the, the head off, just sweating, just having a nail like to get away from it, I reckon. <laughs> and a gourmet burger. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you, you spoke to a mascot recently, didn't you? On, um... we, did. we did. We, we did. spoke to Miller the Bear from Rotherham, who <laughs> just happened to be... He was a bit annoyed. He used to get farmed out to children's parties and... Uh, <laughs> Three hours of six-year-old kids trying to punch him in the uh, gentleman's agreement and uh, everything else that went with it. So uh, in terms of that, I, yeah, it's not the best job. But he got to see the football for free and he got paid for doing it. So, he, you know, it swings and roundabouts. Yeah, it's always much more than just the match day, exactly. It's just the gateway to being that character more days a week than you care to imagine. Yeah, exactly right. Well, Charlie, we've got to absolutely thank you for jumping on the phone and uh, preaching the QPR ethos to us. And best of luck for the weekend because we do want to see QPR into round five because oh, we, we've touched on it. The QPR FA Cup record is pretty poor over the past... <laughs> 39 mm. years um, so we, we want you to go deep but we do also want you to get promoted as well back into the Premier League where you guys belong it, it's been a, a fair few years in the uh, championship wilderness but uh, all the best for the weekend and all the best for Glastonbury and uh, with Amazing Thank Radio and uh, everything you're doing with Samsung and BT and the Spotify playlist that you have to get out for emerging artists absolutely brilliant what you're doing for the music industry over there fantastic and we're just thankful you could spend like 15-20 minutes with us no thank you so much for having me on and I hope you can join up with the rest of the uh, Melbourne residents that uh, meet up for the QPR games. I'm sh- fairly sure they meet up to watch the it's games. It's going to so, be a rager, Charlie. Uh, an little... absolute rager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will be at 2am no, in the morning, that's for sure. Brilliant. Best of luck for Saturday and hopefully we might even be talking to you in the next couple of weeks if we're in round five. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, boys. Excellent. Yes, All the best. Magic. What up? Same old, same old. You? 
Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. <laughs> hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals? Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Well, sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. Hey, I'm John T. Rhodes, and you are listening to 365 Days of Sport. John D. Rhodes introducing Gags with David Boone, Rob. He's a nice guy. Um, David Boone or John D. Rhodes? John D. Rhodes. He is. To be, to be doing that. Pick patient, a number, Rob. Pick a number. Let's go early on on the piece. See, see if he had some good stuff to try and loop, link, loop right. from the top. Let's go for page seven. Oh, page seven. Very early on. Does it even start from seven? One of these weird oh, books this, starts from 10 or whatever. Uh, God, it's got a long Contents, forward. intro, forward, um, having to explain why You've got to go book... from 15 on, Rob, sorry. I always feel that the forward's a strange one. It's always like kind of, it's like a disclaimer, like this going, you know, just in case you hate this, this video, you, know what? you should know it, it is context. A f- it is a 14-page forward. Crikey. Probably written by David Boone. Uh, well, the rest so of the 15, book? well, 15 plus, plus 7, 22. Plus 7, 22, yeah. All Nervous 90. Rob. This must be a cricket one. A batsman was batting beautifully and had reached 99 not out when his partner was dismissed. This brought their captain to the wicket. Almost immediately, the man in the nervous 90s pushed one into the offside and the skipper yelled, Yes! and charged down the wicket. But the man at the batting end said, No! Get back! And it was all the new batsman could do to turn around, sprint, and then dive back to make good his ground. As he dusted himself off and brushed the dirt out of his hair and off his face, the captain stormed down the wicket to talk to his partner. I'll have you know, son, he roared indignantly, that I'm the best judge of a run in this competition. If I say there was one there, there was one there. Mate, his partner replied, if I'm 99 not out, I'm the best judge of a run on the whole bloody planet. That's his forte cricket jokes as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's a... Uh... It's not it's, a, it's a it's a scenario, a verbal exchange, or even a, a type of threat has been made, and he's responded. He's just responded to it, yeah, with with, with a, a vague sense of sort of humour in terms of switching the authority away from the, the captain. It's very hit and miss this um, book, Rob. Very yeah, hit and no, miss. No, uh, that that again is very much on the anecdote side. Is it yeah. not, it's not. It's not the joke. No, it wasn't a joke. I mean, if you should have put that in number seven, you need your strong stuff at the front. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah. that should have been about at least. Well, three, he started with cricket jokes. Well, cricket stories, cricket mm. tales. Yeah. In fact, what they should have done is actually gone through them, the whole publishing team, yeah. and and ranked them from best to worst, and just yeah. start with the best, and then go to the worst. And so, so that all the crap is at the back. Because once people are in, they're in, True. and they'll, 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 people get hooked in, and they go, "Oh, this is brilliant. There's got to be more." Oh, gold so later good. on in the and book. And they keep they're sort of laughing a bit, oh, these yarns, and then because they, then they get through the first 30, yeah. and all of a sudden the next 300 is nothing good. But they got to hang in there. <laughs> I don't think they do. you got to push The through. problem is, Rob, if there's only like three pages of gold mm. and the the other 320 pages are yeah. rubbish, do you think, and that's oh, a, I shouldn't well, have stuck with it? It is a book of short stories. It's not like it's, it's a narrative where there's suspense or there's going to be some plot twist at the end you got to yeah. find out what happens. It's like, well, you'll just sort of look at, okay, well, he thirty. He clearly, after thirty pages, ran out of steam. If you yeah. are keen to get your own book of David Boone's big book of great sporting jokes, it is available on HarperCollins. Just to let you know. Yeah. Sporting gladiators time. 
It's where we ask each other sports trivia questions. We've changed it up a little bit because it is now best of 15, three questions each. Each question has five answers. Rob had a big win last week. He went three, four, five, so he got uh, 12 out of 15. Yeah, so wasn't bad. Alberto. Mind you, I got 10, I think. So, not good uh, enough. Spot on, Rob. I'm not disagreeing with that. All right, I'm going to kick things off. Seven New Zealand athletes have won Olympic gold medals in track and field events. Name any five of those New Zealand athletes. Don't forget, it's track and field. Yeah. Not just running. Peter Snell. That is definitely one, Peter Snell. John Walker. John Walker is two. Jack Lovelock. Jack Lovelock is definitely number three. What year was uh, Jack Lovelock, right? 1930. 1936. Close enough. Uh, no, 1930. No, 1936. Uh, let's the games, though. 1936. Uh, Beatrice winner. No, not a gold medal. Valerie Adams. Idiot. Yes. Absolute idiot. Yep, Valerie Vili or Valerie Adams. Yes. Um, and another track and field goal. I mean, you've named five. You, you lost. You got four out of five. Oh. Go on, I, I'll give you I would have struggled, actually, after would that. Would you? Um, who's the other? Murray Helberg. Murray Helberg is definitely one. Long jumper, 952. Lady? Uh, Lorraine Lorraine Muller. I think she did get a medal, but not. it's not the right uh, one. Gold. No, no, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Yvette Williams. Yvette Williams. And the other one you probably wouldn't have noticed... 956 in Melbourne. Norman no. Reed. Oh, I've heard the name. He won the 50k walk. Yeah, right. I thought you would have put Nick Willis in there. Nah, he won Commonwealth gold. And a couple of silvers in the Olympics. Silver, I thought bronze. Definitely bronze. I thought it was two silvers. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Four. Well done, Rob. Yeah, I should have got five. Here's one for you. You better get this one. Okay. Uh, the most capped Welsh rugby players of all time. Top five. Thanks, mate. Alan Wynne-Jones. Yep. Gethin Jenkins. Yep. Gareth Thomas, I think, is number five. Yep. Bollocks is the word. I should know. Um, Stephen Jones? Yep. All right, somebody in the hundreds. He's got four. Somebody in the hundreds. Uh, I'm going to say... Is it George North? Is that your answer? Yeah. It is. Right. Five. He's got. He's, is he still playing, George North? Yeah. Yeah. He's been. He's had a few injuries last he's couple old, years. So he's fourth, 102. Right. Gareth Thomas is exactly 100. So 149, 129, 104, 102, 100. Beautiful. Five. You got five. I should have got three. Even, damn it. Yeah. Well, you're, you should get this. Outside of London, name five test cricket grounds used by England. Outside of London. And I want the names of the grounds. You should get that. Trent Bridge. That's one. Oh, come on now. Edgebeston. Yes. Old Trafford. Yep, three. Did you say England? Yes, England. What do you think I said? Well, I thought you might have, because England and Wales, I thought it's going to, going to say Carver. No, it says, outside of London, name five test cricket grounds used by England. Oh, Cardiff. What's the name of the ground now? Otherwise, it'd be very easy. You've got Manchester, Birmingham, Nottingham. You can't have that, Rob. That's the three I've got so far. You've got Manchester, Birmingham, and uh, Nottingham. So, Edgebaston. Uh, oh, what's that one? Trent Bridge, Old Trafford. What's that one that the Kiwis just played the final at? Yes, good, uh, good. Like the way you think. Mackenzie Bowl. I don't know about the sponsor name. I think that's a sponsor if it is Mackenzie, but it is, it's got another name. Oh, that's not fair. Well, it kind of is. What's the Yorkshire one? From Yorkshire, Man- mm. Manchester. Is, uh, that's been, I've done that. Carter Farms is the rugby ground. Yeah. Oh, this is going to just annoy me too much to not get this. I I can't think of them, though. Can you? Nah. 
Car- let's say I'm going to say Cardiff City. Cardiff City. Cardiff is Sophia Gardens. Oh. Southampton Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. That's the one I was thinking of, isn't it? That's the one I was thinking of for the final yeah, was. Yeah. Durham is the, the Chesterler Street Riverside. Never I would have taken Riverside. Never would have got that. Durham, yeah. So one. But the one you've missed, Leeds. Leeds. Headingley. Headingley. That's the only one I probably would have yeah. got. I wouldn't have got that other one. Headingley. Damn yep. it. So three. Three. It's not very good. No, you should have got Headingley. Uh, okay. Now this one, uh, for scoring purposes, there's actually only four here, but okay. I'm going to give you five guesses to get the four. Like it. And you'll get five points if, if you get, I get them four. all. Right. The only four players ever to have scored 100 and taken 10 wickets in a match. Name them. In a test match. Both of them. Yes. And that's not scoring 100, getting 100 runs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. a century. No, 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 no. A century of runs across the whole. Oh, so, okay. Cause, so two innings. Because one of them's, one of them, one of them they're, they're, all of them get 100, okay. but one of them was is an 80 and a 40. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm going to say Vittori. No, but I was surprised he hadn't. Okay. I was surprised because there right. was a Bangladesh tour. Apparently, he pretty much beat them by uh, himself. Right. Okay. Um, Dev. No. Couple Dev. No. No. Two left. And it's only happened, there's only four. Yeah. Imran Khan. Correct. Two, one left. I'm going to throw it out there, Gary Sobers. No. Nah. No. What, is it Dion Nash at Lords? No, he only got 50. He got 50, yeah. Yeah. There's some bloke I never heard of before, A.K. Davidson. Alan December Davidson. 9th, 1960, Australia v. West yeah. Indies. Okay, Alan Davidson. And yeah. the other one, who's recently at All Rounder? Shakib Halasan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, against okay. Zimbabwe. Oh. Davidson was one who got 40 and 80. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So I'm at two. Do, he's in, so three. two. Yes, I'm back. Seven all. Seven all. And you should get all five here. Name New Zealand's top five one day international run scorers. Oh. Brennan McCullum. Uh-uh. Not in the top five. Ross Taylor. One. Kane Williamson. Five. Really? Yeah. Martin Guptill. Fourth. Steve Fleming. Second. Four. Uh, and so where did I mess up? It's not Martin Crow. Nope. Nah, it'll be uh, on one day is. Mm. Oh, Nathan Astle. It is Nathan Astle. God damn it. Rushed in with McCullum. Yeah. Surely. Well, that's surprising, That though. is surprising. That is surprising that McCullum's not I, in the top five. Again, he just batted at seven for too long, probably. Yeah, wicket keeper. Because he's in the top five of a t- test match. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Mind you, a 300-odd uh, usually helps. And, a, and and two double hunters in the same <laughs> season. Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right, uh, 11. I need four to tie five to win. Okay, you got, I, I reckon you'll do it. Oh, really? Yep. Most World Series baseball titles of all time. Which five teams? Oh, New York Yankees is yep. obviously going to be one. Yep. Boston Red Sox. Yep. It's got to be the old school. <laughs> um, <laughs> Detroit Tigers. No. No. Oh, Dormy. Dormy. It's called Dormy in golf. It is. So I need two from the old school. Dodgers. Do they not count? They're not in there. Brooklyn slash Los Angeles. They're not in there. They're not in there. Really? It's all over. Roberto wins again. You got one more for... Pittsburgh Pirates. Nah. Nah. Surprise! I, I would have got actually. I would have got maybe. Well, I would have got maybe three. Now looking at it, yeah, see, yeah. I think because I saw it, and I knew Philadelphia Phillies. Are they in there? Nah. nah they so you went the wrong side of the country. It's actually it's it west. is the California. Uh, yeah. Go on then. Oakland A's. Really? Yeah. And the Giants. San Francisco yeah. Giants. And really? the, other, the other one is St. Louis. The Cardinals. Oh, okay. They, they're actually a... second. So Yankees 27, Cardinals 11, Red Sox 9, Oakland A's 9, no. Giants 8. Don't forget the Oakland Athletics used to be Philadelphia Athletics. Doesn't matter. 
Doesn't I didn't matter. say him anyway. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, Roberto comes back. Right. Yes. You're getting naught next week. <laughs> no, you're not. It's all good, Rob. It's all Those good. Those were very fair questions. You no, got five it was a good, it was a good, good quiz. Good quiz. I enjoyed yes. that. Um, you know the Olympics starts on Friday? No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Oh, the Winter Olympics. Song that came to his head It just so happened to be It was the worst song in the world It was the worst song in the world Listen to the song and it's clear among Because the words don't fit And the song is shit You're a talentless kid You suck! It does start Friday, Rob. The Winter Olympics in China. It's in China? Beijing, yeah. I think it's not going to be a big turnout there. Mm. Yeah, is it in Wuhan? <laughs> <laughs> it's in Beijing, Rob. Okay. It's in Beijing. Yeah. So, I dive deep. We've had this guy before, weirdly enough, but this time he's helping out with the Dutch speed skating oh, team. Oh, no, not one of these Eurovision songs. It definitely is a Eurovision. This oh, is Christian. I can't be bothered with the drumbeat build-up and the lame what it's Rob, and the. This is why we do worst song in the world. This is called oh. Shatson in Tiaf. And when the, someone's going to do a rap at some point, they might do. I don't know. I haven't really listened will, to it. They will. This is uh, Christian Vavik with Spring Bay. Shatson in Tiaf, the Dutch speed skating song. All right. Birds chirping. <laughs> Synthesizer, fake keys, fake fake brass. We were young, we were taught to live. How to bike, how to swim, and finally how to skate. Might be the rap, Rob. Yeah, I reckon it might be. No, just Europop. Uh, it's going a bit later. Maybe now. Breakdown, rebuild. Breakdown, rebuild. Nederland. 
Could be the rap. I need you in my seat. Well, I, I don't think the rap's coming, Rob. It's a bit late for no the rap, rap now. Well, there you go. I only, I've only done it because it's the Winter Olympic starts this yeah. week. I don't even need a comment on that, do I? I mean, I, I said what it was before it started, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. exactly that. Yeah. Apart from the, oh, so um, I got it wrong. There wasn't a rap, but apart from that, it was pretty accurate. There might be, yeah. No, not sort a rap. of a chant, bit of a chanty by the Dutch speed skating team. Yeah. Good luck to the Dutch speed skating team it, in Beijing. Someone's paid them for that, probably quite a lot. Yeah, I think so. How does that work? We're in the wrong industry, Rob. No, no, We're in the wrong industry. No, no, but, but that would. Anyone could do. I that. have to say, he does. He does. Obviously, he's a bit of uh, English in there, but there's obviously a bit of Dutch that he's singing in there. Yeah. Christian Vjavik is a former Norwegian uh, cyclist okay. who gave up cycling to take up speed skating, representing Norway. Yeah. And now he's doing Dutch stuff. Yeah. So he's pretty talented all round. Old. Um, he can do. He can do speed skating, cycling, and Dutch stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Well done, Christian. We yeah. love you for it. But. I only did it because the Olympics, and we all know what it is. It's Euro pop. It's rubbish. Thanks. It's white waste everyone's time. <laughs> yes. Bring back Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Greyhound song. Spider-Man. Yeah, the Greyhound song. Peter Parsons, he's called. Not Peter Parker. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't think we need Spider-Man. We never had Spider-Man. We didn't bring back Spider-Man. What are you talking about? Shut well, up, Rob. Well, you're saying Peter Parker. Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Yeah. And right. we've never even had... You were saying bring back Peter right. Parker. We've never even had him in the first place. How can we bring him back if we've never had him? Come... come we we invite him. Jesus. Back off, you twat. Right. You ready for this? Ready for this? Yeah, all right. Man is eating raw meat for 78 days as part of caveman diet to see if he lives, dies, or contracts a grizzly disease. But so far, he says he's never felt better. A grizzly disease. That's what it says, grizzly. But like, what, is, is that a medical term? Possibly. Or just an unpleasant, does that mean? I'm not a botanist, Rob. I'm not a it's botanist. It's got nothing to do with botany. It's, this, is, this is the opposite of botany. <laughs> this, this is carnivorous type of information you're delivering. Yeah. Now... Uh, Do you want to know more about the story? Carry on, carry on. While some of us have been attempting Veganuary, and more people than ever have turned into veggie meals in a bid to help the planet and save animals, one Instagram user has gone in the opposite direction. He has previously eaten a plant-based diet, but claimed to suffer from health issues because of it. So instead, he's been training his stomach to digest nothing but uncooked meat, including organs, and he washes it down with raw animal milk and raw eggs. He claims his favourite meals include chicken breast, steak and swordfish, and so far he's managed to avoid severe food poisoning. Mm. This is raw, Rob. Yeah. This isn't cooked. This yep. isn't meat only. This is raw meat. But but it's beef right, and, and red meat. He's not eating chicken raw. He says chicken breast, steak and swordfish. Raw fish. Uh, that's fine. Raw fish is fine. Sushi. Yeah. So steak, yeah, you can have it like that blue. super thin cut. Oh, uh, well, you can have it blue you as well, where it's just like flash fried. Yeah. Worryingly, but he is risking... Chicken's crazy. Craziness. Worryingly, he is risking contracting E. coli, salmonella, and shigella. He also faces further health issues if he fails to eat fruit and vegetable... <laughs> just one veg... Vegetables, yeah. including constipation, hemorrhoids, and even scurvy. He posts... Stomach churning photos of himself biting into raw flesh, and the man has a master following online as they wait to see the effects of his bizarre diet. 
Um, he's got 63.6 thousand followers, and the bio explains eating raw meat at Whole Foods every day until I die from bacteria. Seeing if I live for five days or 500 years. So this is the same mentality as... I've, I've said this many, many times as the eight-year-old kid on top of the garage roof trying to decide whether I was going to jump into the hedge or not just to see what would happen. That's what he's and, doing, and yeah. That's exactly what he's doing, um, but he's older and is is capable of fixing his own meals. Mm. He's claiming that he's not chewing the food. He's just biting into it and swallowing. Well, this is just craziness. Mm. The whole point of eating meat is just the best-tasting stuff going. Well, that's true. So uh, I don't understand this one little bit. Yeah. I don't actually. So he's just doing it to see what happens. Yeah, that's it. He's seeing if he can avoid a grizzly disease. Apparently, so, so that's even. He's got less of a finishing goal than that guy who built his own space rocket to fly into the air <laughs> to see if the Earth was flat. At least yes. he had a goal. He, he was goal. trying to see. Well, if this the Earth, guy's I mean, got a goal. He's trying to live. Stupid. He's going to see if he lives or dies. It's as simple as that. It says on his forty. But if you die, you don't find out you die. No, you tell other people then. Don't eat raw meat. Everyone knows that already. Well, you're mental. Do you're, you're, they? They're not. Do they? P. Yes, Evans. Yes, Beefy. Yeah, I know. Right. P. Evans. <laughs> P. Evans. Uh, on the fortieth day, he revealed he was able to eat one pound of mince in just five minutes. But was it enjoyable? Ground beef has become my favourite meal due to the low cost, ease of consuming a pound in like four minutes, gathering eight hundred calories of absorbable cow and digesting perfectly. He does admit cooked meat tastes a bit better, though the raw stuff was growing on him. On day 45, he ate raw bacon. One of his followers said it looked like a skinned foot. Uh, (laughs) Some people were concerned about how limited his diet is, and as he explained, he does occasionally eat potatoes, rice, and cooked chicken, and he's claimed his pain has gone away since embarking on his new carnivorous diet. What pain? No, I've I've heard this. Apparently, it is very good good for you for... um Jordan Peterson's daughter. She she had all sorts of chronic pains, so and she, she went on a, she went on a meat diet, but she cooked it, and she's been feeling better ever since. Okay, when I I don't know where he's from, but he's going to be from the south. When I started eating steak and eggs for breakfast instead of bagels and smoothies, I felt full for most of the day and stable instead of getting dizzy from a carb crash. My pain started to go away, but my doctors generally warned me that eating a lot of raw meat is dangerous if you can't be sure of the quality and what bacteria might be lurking beneath. But hey, I'm feeling strong. Jesus. God, imagine if someone actually talked. They'd be exhausted having to talk like that all the time. Yeah. That much vigor. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I understand where he's coming from, though. I, I like it. Just, if you just have steak and eggs. It's, yeah. It, but don't have um, bacon, though. Just have steak and eggs. Yeah. It's better for you. Um, we'll keep and, tabs and, on uh, raw meat guy. Yeah. Um, no, I've knocked off about five, six kgs in the last uh, month, pretty much. Uh, what from um, what? from 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 dieting, and uh, I can fit my old bright red rock and roll pants that I haven't been able to fit for four years. Oh, there's a reason. Yeah, for so that. I'll bring them back. Reason for that? No, they're coming back. Be oh, great. New Zealand news, Rob. Yep. Drunk man stole permanent marker from police station, then left graffiti on a police car. Ah. Moments after he was released from custody, Sebastian Lang took the marker he'd stolen from the station and used it to graffiti police property. Mm. Lang pleaded guilty in Nelson Magistrate's court to a charge of willful damage. Whilst waiting in custody, Lang reached under a perspex divider, took a black permanent marker which he hid in his pocket, and then when he was released just after 5am, he walked down the side of the police station and wrote... 
KV on the wall, FTP KV at the front of the station, and then scrawled FTP KV on the boot of a police car. Lang's lawyer said his client had drunk too much alcohol and was very embarrassed. He had offered to remove the graffiti. However, this had already been done by the police. When Judge Riley asked Lang to explain, he said it was just a drunken thing. I'm a bit of a cheeky person when I get drunk. Riley asked Lang what the acronyms he'd written meant. KV related to where he was from, while FTP stood for F the Police. Mm. Uh, However, there was no anger behind the tagging. It was more just a drunken thing of me getting caught drunk driving. That's why I was in the station. His attitude to the police whilst drunk was less than desirable and noted his past convictions for assaulting police and disorderly behaviour. Judge Riley told Lang that if he donated $500 to an addiction charity of his choice and wrote a letter of apology to the police, he would receive a discharge without conviction. I accept you're embarrassed and regret it. You need to make some amends. Mm. So New Zealand News, well, that's yeah. headline stuff. He's, uh, he's a knobhead trash bag and the world will be a better place when he passes. Um, so uh, here's one, by the way. Oh, yeah. Last night, I had to go drop off some clothes in the clothing bin. I, I oh, did down you? down about, oh, about you're 9 p.m. charitable, Rob. There's one down near the supermarket, so I pulled and up. not and your sh- red sure pants. Enough, sure enough, no, no, hold on to them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to come back. Turn up there, there's a couple of homeless, and um, one of them's taken off with a trolley, and the other bloke's sort of hovering around as he sees me pull up, and he goes, what do you got, mate? And I was just like, oh, I've got a few clothes, some, a nice coat here, some bag, a couple of shoes a and coat? stuff. Wow. Uh, it was. Uh, it didn't fit me very well. I didn't like it. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll come have a look, shall I? And, you know, yeah, yeah, sweet. And I turned around and pulled some stuff out. And in, a, in a, his excitement, come have a look. He let go of his shopping trolley. It goes and bangs into my car and dents. And he's, oh. he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus. He's like, and then uh, so as he comes close, I can see he's pretty decrepit. He's a bit munted. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I'll, I'll take this. Oh, do you want, do you want, I said, do you want this bag, mate? Here you go. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, can you hold it open while I put this in it? And it's some sort of like air fryer he's found or something to put to because he's got access to electricity I don't think he does have access to electricity (laughs) because obviously that's one of the things being homeless you don't have home appliances that that function and he he can't get this thing in the bag and he just starts swearing dropping F-bombs going hold it open and and this turns from me trying to help this homeless person to him basically yelling abuse at me after he's dented my car with his trolley so I just dropped it and just got my car and left Oh. And it makes you think, you really want to help people. They're beyond help, you, you, Rob. And it's Beyond you, help well, sometimes. Well, you can't say that across the board. But, um, so I, but so I, I can't say I walked away having a good experience with that particular homeless. Yeah, a bit like me and Adam Gilchrist. Right. That, that's a, some, a comparison in some ways and not in many others. Right. We have to thank... You just yeah. Jack Links. You just defended Adam Gilchrist again, I think, there. Yeah. Beef and ham jerky. Rob. Your experience with that decrepit homeless bum was very similar to mine, Counter, with Adam Gilchrist. <laughs> We're gonna thank Jack Links beef jerky, Rob. The greatest beef jerky on the planet. Yeah, good. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we love it. Hundred percent grass fed New Zealand beef, Rob. Yeah. Dried to perfection. If you want a dried meat snack, then look no further dried, than Jack Link's. Snack. We love it. Because it's the best beef jerky mm. on the planet. Rob, mm. not just on the planet, mm. off the planet as well. Why is Do you that? know why? I, I, I'd like you to tell me why. It's the food of astronauts, Rob! It is the food of astronauts. Mm-hmm.
Good luck to QPR, Queen's Park Rangers on Saturday, away to Peterborough United in the FA Cup. Fourth round. Mm. Thanks to Andy Sinton, former England international and club ambassador. Thanks to uh, Charlie Ashcroft, Ashcroft. the uh, DJ on Amazing Radio, prominent QPR fan and Glastonbury emerging talent judge. A man of many gifts. man of many gifts, indeed. So we've got to thank those two guys. Apart from that, Rob... You've been amazing as normal. Thanks, I appreciate that. If only. If I won only. the quiz. You did again. win the quiz, well I'm, done. I'm winning these quizzes a lot. Oh, you, oh, don't, you should <laughs> never say that. <laughs> never say that. <laughs> this has been episode 234 of the greatest non-sports sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. See you next week.